are now connected with Enclave for Entrepreneurs at O'Hare International Airport in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. Enclave O'Hare, the local to global learning and earning center for entrepreneurs and their influencers. On July 18, 2018, we had the opportunity to hear Fred Harburg, Clinical Professor of Executive Education at Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. The topic for tonight was steering into fear. For entrepreneurs, fear is a friend, a gift, a resource, and a motivator. Fear is a valuable member of your mind's response team. Fear is not to be ignored. Listen in for Fred's perspective. My name is Fred Harburg. I'm a professor at Kellogg, uh, the School of Management for Northwestern University. I've um, had a lot of experience with a variety of different things in my life, starting out as a pilot mm -hmm. in the U.S. Air Force and then um, graduate school at UCLA and teaching back at the Air Force Academy at the Department of Behavioral Science and Leadership. Through the years, I've worked for IBM and for uh, General Motors and for Fidelity Investments and for Motorola, as, often as the chief learning officer for those, those Excellent. companies. Very, very cool. On a very regular basis, when we do these talks, I immediately am, am drawn in uh, between just the expertise of John mm. and the Morrisons. And I uh, just want to let you know personally that you were nothing short of fantastic tonight oh, in that respect. So I appreciate it. I was uh, enthralled the entire time and, uh, you know, certainly encourage folks to uh, come check this kind of stuff out. Because if you apply the stuff that we're learning at Enclave, it can change your oh. life. Uh, because you're changing the view on your life. Sure. Um, so I think that that's pretty extraordinary. And, and on that token, tonight we talked about uh, entrepreneurs uh, steering into the value of mm -hmm. fear. Um, can you talk with us a little bit about sure. um, kind of what, what you spoke tonight, maybe some of the high points and things you'd like uh, folks kind of oh, walk away oh, with? Oh, sure. So th this notion of fear is so central to performance. Mm -hmm. in any arena of life. Mm -hmm. And so tonight, all I tried to do was talk about three things. What do we know about what fear is? Mm -hmm. Why do we have it? And mm -hmm. what could you do uh, mm -hmm. with the fear? And so as a consequence of that, I, I told some stories mm -hmm. about my experience in, um, in the Air Force as a pilot mm -hmm. because pilots are constantly dealing with this, this energy yes. uh, of fear. Um, and its potential use is is vast in terms of good, but it can also be a real stumbling block. It's the number one reason that young pilots wash out of pilot training mm -hmm. because of anxiety, manifestation of anxiety. Mm -hmm. It um, reduces our capacity to respond, to collect information. It uh, reduces our uh, repertoire of uh, effective responses. Mm -hmm. It narrows the ability to perceive what we're dealing with. And so there are many drawbacks to fear, but there's equally a huge advantage. So mm -hmm. working with athletes, as I have through the years, a number of, of world-class athletes, mm -hmm. if they can channel the energy that comes along with fear, it can be a tremendous source of strength and speed and skill but that channeling is is the trick yeah. so the issue is moving it from a destructive to a positive force yes something something like in physics moving uh, potential energy to effective kinetic energy mm -hmm. uh, so it's collecting the lightning and the 
the jar and then directing it across the lines to produce light. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. One of the things that I've heard over and over again, and, and you know, you touched on it tonight as well mm-hmm. uh, in my time at Enclave, is um, using emotions as mm-hmm. data points. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. We're perceiving animals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in the beginning when we talk about what fear is, um, fear starts with a perception. Yes. So we're perceiving with our ears and with our eyes and, mm-hmm. and with our noses. We're getting sensorial um, stimuli, and those stimuli produce a response in the brain that stimulates a, a vast um, variety of neurochemicals in our bodies. I didn't talk about that detail, but mm-hmm. you would know, for instance, that uh, in the, the presence of cortisol, one of those, mm-hmm. that you can feel very anxious it stimulates perspiration. It uh, gets a, a fight-or-flight response. It's mm-hmm. the neurochemical that produces that fight-or-flight response. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I mentioned about the consequence of that perception of fear of interpreting something as being dangerous or as um, creating a hazard for us, mm-hmm. that when that stimulation occurs, when we interpret whatever that is, whether it actually represents a, a danger or a hazard to us or not, right. that it stimulates this this flood of chemicals um, mm-hmm. in our bodies. And so there's great energy mm-hmm. that comes with that, mm-hmm. but potentially a, a, an erratic response sure. as well. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. What would you say to the entrepreneur that's out there, if you could just kind of give one statement in regards to leveraging fear and using it as you're talking about in regards to, you know, advancing and, and doing things in the face of fear, you know, having sure. that courage and, and doing things that... Yeah. One of the things that stops entrepreneurs is having the right degree of true confidence. Um, and that confidence could be about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them, often selling is absolutely essential. They've got to be able to ask for the order. Yes. That's not just true for an entrepreneur. It's, in fact, true for any leader. I often say to leaders, if you can't ask for and gain commitment from others, you can't lead. Sure. So the capacity to ask, the the sense of confidence required to ask is is really important. And so for an entrepreneur, I'd say one of the vital ingredients is to develop what I would call true confidence. Yeah. And tonight I talked a little bit about that, that it is the very accurate and precise understanding of the relationship between your actions and the results they're likely to produce. And one of the things that you mentioned as well is that there's the difference, and what you just explained from what I understand is that that's the difference between self-confidence and self-efficacy. That's right. In regards to understanding what you're actually doing, what will actually lead to the results, opposed to what you believe or perceive that to That's right. And when that is not accurate Mm -hmm. and when it's not precise, Mm -hmm. then... It's um, unpredictable in terms of what... And so, um, just an interesting story. I don't know if we have time. I I was approached by one of the top five poker players in the world. Um, And he came to me saying, I've lost my confidence. Wow. And I said, you lost your confidence. And he said, yeah, and I'm I'm coming to you because I want you to help me get my confidence back. Yes. And I'd say, tell me more. You know, what do you mean? How did you lose your confidence? Mm -hmm. And he said, well... You know, poker is a confidence game. You've got to sit at the table. You've got to control the table. Mm-hmm. You have to know um, when to bet and when not to bet, and you have to be decisive, and you have to make one decision right after the next. Yes. And I've lost my confidence in my ability to do that. And he said, well, how did that happen? He said, 
about six years ago, I was ranked as one of the top five, and at times he was number one, and at times he was number five. And mm-hmm. at that level, there's very little difference between those people, and there's a degree of luck, of course, in the, sure. in, the in the game. He said, uh, but this was, you know, um, I started playing about 20 years ago, and I played in all of the the top-ranked casinos around the world. Now I'm not even a card player. I I barely know the four suits. And so uh, as he described, this is the world I don't know. And so I said, well, um, well, what happened? He said, well, I was winning a lot of money, a lot Mm -hmm. of money. Mm -hmm. But I met a beautiful young woman, and I fell in love. Yeah. And her dream had always been to um, sail in a sailboat around the world. And so I bought a really significant boat, Mm -hmm. and we took off. And um, I stopped playing. Mm-hmm. And for six years, we um, um, sailed into some of the most remarkable ports in the world, beautiful places. And, but, you know, you own a big sailboat, and you uh, stop in places like we stopped in. <laughs> in six years, you can run through a lot of money. <laughs> you better win a lot of poker games, though, for that, right? Uh, <laughs> and he said, and I realized... I needed to get back to work. The, yes. uh, my bank account was uh, was really being reduced. And um, and so the only thing I really knew was poker. I mean, I had gone to law school early in my career, but I dropped out because I found it boring. I didn't want to be an attorney. Uh, um, it's not for everyone. It wasn't for me. And I um, ran some other uh, businesses. I was a part of another business, mm-hmm. but I, it just didn't catch my my uh, attention or energy and and so really all i know is playing poker Mm -hmm. so i decided i'm going to go back to the tables and he said but in the six years i was gone the game changed dramatically Mm -hmm. the kids at harvard and yale and stanford picked up poker and they started playing online well i didn't there wasn't even an online when i left poker Mm -hmm. and um and also they're very bright kids mit uh, stanford and they were understanding the math behind it because the poker is a game of probabilities. Yes, yeah. And they were able to do rapid mental math. Mm-hmm. And they were in good physical condition. And as you can see, I'm 35 pounds overweight and mm-hmm. I don't move a lot. I can tell you that sitting at a poker table for hour after hour after hour is exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't eating well. You know, the casinos give you all the food you want if you play at their tables. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily the food you should eat, sure. But food that you makes like you happy, to eat. so you yeah. sit there and keep playing. That, that's right. <laughs> and he said, "I felt out of my water. I sure. was so intimidated. They were in good shape. They were training. They wore sunglasses. They did. Uh, they did mental math. The game had speeded up, and the uh, amount of the bets had increased dramatically." Yes, he said. I, after the second or third game, I was not winning. I lost all my confidence. I want you to get my confidence back. And I said, well, what do you understand confidence to be? He said, it's, you know, knowing you can do it. It's uh, sitting at the table and it's being fierce and it's all about your body language. And I said, "Eh, not so much. And he said, what do you mean? I said, no, Albert Bandura identified what the source of true confidence is. It's called Mm self-efficacy. And it's the accurate and precise understanding of the relationship between the things you do and the probable result that Mm -hmm. you'll get from doing that. Mm -hmm. And if you become a student of that, and what you do 
and and the the relationship is a true relationship that it is actually true if i do these things in this way it is likely to produce so if that is verifiable and true and you see it over time you'll get the results that you want and not the and not necessarily the consistently potentially false perception that's that right. you have of this that's right yeah but if if that's based on accurate and precise perception that uh, is verified over time then the natural consequence of that is confidence. Wow. And he said, well, let me think about it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, um, he went away, and he came back to me uh, a couple of months later, and the story doesn't have the end that you might expect. <laughs> but I said, well, how's it going? Sure. He said, great. I said, well, tell me, what did you discover about the relationship between what you do at the tables and the result? He said, well, I realized that you had to be able to do fast mental math, and statistics and probability is a big part of that. And so you had to be able to, and I realized you needed to work out so you could sit at the tables, and you needed to eat differently. You know, Fred, I'm from the South, and I like the food I eat. And, you know, I'm no mental mathematician and don't particularly want to be. I have quit poker. <laughs> wow, said, there you go. I said, well, that's probably a good decision. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because Some good self-awareness the, there. <laughs> yeah, the precise relationship between what you need to do yes. to produce the results um, and your understanding of that. Yes. You know, if you're unwilling to, to learn how to do those things, you're in the wrong game. That's right. Yeah, I... I you know, once again, started off the conversation and just the things that I've learned with Enclave and metacognition yeah. in general. But with tonight's topic on fear and just everything um, that you you can become self-aware of through practicing right. metacognition and a lot of the things that we talk about here, um, there's no doubt about it. It can change the course of, of somebody's life. You bet. And, and certainly how they perceive the business and the problems within them. Um, you know, the value is tremendous, and we certainly appreciate you coming by and sharing. Oh, well, my uh, great pleasure. Thank yeah. you, Brett. Appreciate I'll, it. I'll be back, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> okay. Whether you are a fighter pilot in the U.S. Air Force, a once world-class poker player trying to climb the ranks to casino glory, or an entrepreneur just beginning your venture, fear is a valuable emotion to understand. Remember, emotions are data points for us to be curious about and reflect upon. Join us on the third Wednesday of every month for a masterclass in applied metacognition at Enclave O'Hare. For more information, visit EnclaveForEntrepreneurs.com.